A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods Extra. This extra is all about... More demons in the movie stories. It is. Got three more of these stories today. As per the last episode, it's all about movies and demons and movies that were made from demons. (laughs) Or people that had spiritual crises going on. Yeah. Alright? So, are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. Ronald Edwin Hunkler was a NASA engineer who invented a breakthrough technology for space shuttle panels. His innovation helped the Apollo missions achieve the historic feat of landing US astronauts on the moon in 1969. But Hunkler also had a dark and secret past. He was the real-life inspiration for the possessed child and the exorcist. Hunkler was born in 1935 and grew up in Cottage City, Maryland. When he was 14, he began to suffer from strange and terrifying phenomena in his bedroom, such as noises, scratches and objects moving on their own. His family minister the Reverend Luther Schultz contacted Duke University's parapsychology lab to investigate the case. He reported that Hunkler's bed, chairs and tables would shake and move around him and that a picture of Christ on the wall would tremble when he was near. Hunkler's mother suspected that the cause of the disturbances was their deceased Aunt Tilly, a spiritualist, who had taught Hunkler how to use a Ouija board to communicate with the dead. Ancestry.com records confirmed that Hunkler 
had a paternal aunt named Matilda Hendricks. Uncle's family sought help from various religious authorities, starting with a prostitute pastor, but none of them could find a natural explanation for his condition. Hunkler underwent several exorcisms by Catholic priests in Cottage City and St. Louis. The exorcisms were witnessed by a few Jesuits, who later shared the story with William Peter Blatty, a senior at Georgetown University and a student of one of the priests, Eugene Gallagher. Blatty was fascinated by the tale of the boy, allegedly tormented by a demon, but eventually freed by the power of faith. He used it as the basis for his novel and screenplay of The Exorcist, which became a worldwide sensation. Hunkler's identity was kept hidden from the public for decades. He was only known by the pseudonyms Roland Doe or Robbie Manheim. Only a handful of scholars and journalists who researched the case since the mid-1970s knew his real name. Hunkler himself never spoke publicly about his ordeal. He worked at the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center for almost 40 years until he retired in 2001. He was always afraid that his co-workers would discover he was the real person behind the exorcist. A woman who lived with Hunkler for 29 years revealed that he had a miserable life of constant worry and anxiety. She told the New York Post that they always left their house on Halloween, fearing someone would recognise and harass him. He had a terrible life from worry, 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 she said. Hunkler's true identity was finally exposed by the Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine for science and reason, a journal that uses scientific methods to examine paranormal claims. J.D. Sword, an investigator and podcast host, confirmed Hunkler's name on an episode about the exorcist for his podcast, The Devils in the Details. Sword, a member of the Church of Satan, believes that Hunkler's case was not demonic possession, but poltergeist activity, which he says is common among adolescents. The exorcist was a huge hit selling over 13 million copies in the US. Blatty won an Oscar and a Golden Globe in 1974 for the film. It was the first horror movie to get a Best Picture nomination. So all of these stories we've done so far are really harrowing, aren't they? Yeah. You know? So obviously, he wasn't in it for the money. I mean, he was just a child when it happened anyway. But he wanted to keep who he was secret. I think I would too, if I worked for NASA. You wouldn't want somebody like you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Questioning your abilities. Um, but it was really sad as well, because he just like hid away, by the sounds of it, for his entire life, worried that he was going to be found out for the little, being the little boy Roland, Roland Doe. Yeah. That reminds me of like NASA and all that, and like conspiracy stuff is... Like Neil Armstrong in it, mm. Neil A. That spells out alien. Ah, I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done. 
yeah. what they say he's not a real person or he is an alien he's an alien it's uh-huh. fake isn't it oh right <laughs> like because even if it if he was first person to walk on the moon it wasn't because the cameraman stood on the moon wasn't he and he, t- he was stood <laughs> off there like there was a camera taking photos of him getting off the rocket mm. so obviously the cameraman's the first person on the moon oh okay I, I don't really know I'll have to look into this before I can answer that question yeah <laughs> but it needs to get credit because it weren't alien right it weren't <laughs> nah. Neil <laughs> right are you ready for the second story yes I am The Snedeker family rented a historic house at 208 Meriden Avenue in Southington, Connecticut, in 1986 because they wanted to be near the Yukon Hospital, where their son Philip was being treated for Hodgkin's lymphoma. The house had enough space for a family of seven, Carmen Reed, her husband Alan Snedeker, their four children, Philip Bradley, Alan Jr. and Jennifer, and Carmen's niece Tammy. However, they soon learned that the house had been the Hallahan funeral home, where bodies were embalmed in the basement. Carmen said that she didn't know this when she rented the house, and that the basement was blocked by renovation materials during her visit. She only discovered the truth when she called the owner, Daryl Kern, after finding funeral equipment and materials in the basement. Kern claimed that he had told the family about the house's history, as reported by the Hartford Courant in 1992. The Snedekers were shocked by their discovery, but they had no choice but to stay in the house. Philip and Bradley, their sons, slept in the room where the coffins were displayed while the room where the bodies were prepared was next door. They also found photos, tags and belongings of the dead people who had been in the house. Carmen Snedeker, the mother, said in an interview with Chasing the Frog, a few photos in the house, but also also many many tags tags with the toes toes and the head. head. There were other other things things that belonged belonged to the the dead dead people. The family soon experienced terrifying and violent hauntings by the supernatural. It started on the first night they moved in, and it mainly targeted Philip, who had cancer. Carmen told People magazine that Philip saw a long-haired young man who would talk to him daily. He would talk to my son every day. Sometimes he would threaten him. Other times, he would stand there and just say his name, which was enough to scare him. The paranormal activity escalated and affected everyone in the house. Carmen said the water she used to mop the floor turned into blood and smelled like decay. She recalled in a 2002 documentary, the mop mop water water was blood blood red, red. I mean mean a deep, deep deep red. red. It made made my my skin skin crawl. I started started getting getting nervous nervous that that I was ruining ruining the floor. Carmen and Alan the father also claimed that they were sexually assaulted by invisible forces. The supernatural entities harmed the family physically, but they focused more on Philip. His behaviour changed drastically, and he became angry and careless. He would hurt his siblings in cruel ways. For example, 
he spun Bradley on a wheeled table until he cried and locked his brother in the box. Philip's condition worsened when he attacked his cousin Tammy and had to be hospitalised for 45 days. The doctors diagnosed him with schizophrenia after he told them about the beings he saw. Still, they ruled out any connection between his cancer treatment and his hallucinations or mental disorder. The family decided to send Philip to live with relatives and they noticed that he stopped seeing or hearing anything paranormal. The family still suffered from the hauntings in the house, so they sought help from Ed and Lorraine Warren, paranormal investigators and a priest who performed an exorcism. The priest exorcised the house on September 6th, 1998 and the family said the hauntings ceased. They moved out of the house later that year and never returned. This was the end of the story that they claimed was true about the haunting in Connecticut. I think that finding out that you live in an ex-funeral home is going to make you see things anyway. Yeah. Because you'd just be on edge. It's your mindset, isn't it? Mm. Oh, oh I, yeah, I live in a haunted Police. Yeah, it's like confirmation bias. Yeah, even if it's not there, you're still going to be seeing stuff because your brain's going to be thinking that is because that's a mindset. Yeah, exactly. This this story is actually really controversial because a lot of people think that it was made up, Um, and they possibly were in it for the money. Couldn't say myself. Um, As with a lot of stories, some of the details are exaggerated, so perhaps some stuff did happen. But it could equally be that the poor guy had cancer. Um, and so his rages might have come from that because having cancer is not pleasant, is it? And that, that's enough mm. to make anybody feel angry and bitter. Um, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But it's spooky. So I like it. Yes. But yeah, I hope he's all right now. That, that young chap. And the rest of the family, obviously. Are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. The story of the Luden possessions is a tale of witchcraft, politics and religion in 17th century France. It involves a convent of Ursula nuns who claimed to be possessed by demons and a priest who was accused of being their master and executed for sorcery. It also reflects the tensions and conflicts between the Catholic Church, the monarchy and the local authorities in a time of turmoil and change. The town of Luden was a fortified city in the region of Poutois which had a history of religious diversity and resistance to the central power of the king. In 1632, an outbreak of the plague killed many people in Luden creating an atmosphere of fear and anxiety. The same year, Cardinal Richelieu, the influential minister of King Louis VIII, ordered the demolition of the town's walls as part of his plan to subdue the rebellious provinces and strengthen the royal authority. The inhabitants of Luden were divided over this issue. The Catholics supported the king while the Protestants wanted to keep the walls. In this context, a charismatic 
and controversial priest named Urbain Grandier became the focus of attention and hostility. Grandier was the parish priest of St. Pierre de Morche and a canon at the Church of St. Croix. He was also a handsome and educated man who had many affairs with women, including the daughter of the king's prosecutor in Luden. He was a famous preacher, a critic of Richelieu's policies, and a defender of the town's autonomy. He made many enemies among the local clergy, nobility and magistrates, who resented his influence and reputation. In 1629, Grandier was involved in a legal dispute with a man named Jacques de Thibault, who had beaten him with a cane for his immoral conduct with women. Thibault raised charges against Grandier, leading to his trial by court. The Bishop of Portiers banned Grandier from performing any public functions as a priest for five years in his diocese and forever in Luden. Grandier appealed to the courts of Poitoise, which overturned the sentence and restored his rights. Meanwhile, a convent of Ursuline nuns was established in Luden in 1626 under the direction of a young and pious prioress named Jean d'Agnès. The convent was poor and isolated, and the nuns lacked proper education and guidance. In September of 1632, Jeanne and two other nuns reported having visions of a priest asking for help. Soon, they exhibited strange symptoms, such as convulsions, laughter and irrational behaviour. They also claimed to have had physical marks of possession, such as hawthorns in their hands or crosses on their foreheads. The nuns were examined by a team of priests who performed exorcisms on them. During the exorcisms, the nuns named Grandier as the one who had bewitched them and sent demons to possess them. They also revealed the names of the demons, such as Asmodeus, Leviathan and Behemoth. The exorcisms became public spectacles, attracting thousands of people from all over France. The nuns acted out scenes of sexual and violent nature, uttered blasphemies and obscenities and accused Grandier of various crimes. Grandier denied involvement in the case and claimed he was the victim of a conspiracy by his enemies. He also pointed out they had never met the nuns and they had no evidence against him. However, his protests were ignored by the authorities, who were eager to get rid of him and please Richelieu. Grandier was arrested and tried by a special tribunal composed of judges appointed by the cardinal. He was tortured and interrogated and forced to sign a confession that he later retracted. He was also presented with a pact that he had allegedly signed with the devil, which was later proven to be a forgery. He was found guilty of sorcery and heresy and sentenced to death. He was burned at the stake on August the 18th, 1634, in front of a large crowd. 
he died proclaiming his innocence and faith in God. The exorcisms of the nuns continued until 1638, when they finally declared themselves free of the demons. Jeanne d'Agnes claimed to have had a miraculous conversion and wrote a memoir of her life and experiences. She also received the visit of several prominent figures, such as Richelieu and Queen Anne of Austria. She died in 1665 and was buried with honours in the convent. The case of the Luden possessions became famous and inspired many works of literature, theatre and film, such as The Devils of Luden by Adlers Huxley and The Devils by Ken Russell. It also raises questions and debates about the nature and causes of possession, the role and power of the church and the influence and responsibility of the state. It was a tragic and fascinating episode in the history of France and Europe and a reflection of the cultural and social changes of the 17th century. The story of the Luden possessions and the trial and execution of Father Urbain Grandier was the inspiration for the movie The Devils, directed by Ken Russell in 1971. The film is based on the play and the novel by John Whitting and Aldous Huxley, respectively, which also dramatises the historical events. The movie is notorious for its graphic and controversial depiction of violence, sexuality and religion, and has been banned or censored in many countries. The movie is considered by some critics and scholars to be one of the most controversial films of all time, and be a powerful expression of the themes of sexual repression and political corruption. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So there we go. Scary nuns. Yeah. Do you know the world doesn't change much, does it? Nope. Not at all. If like corruption, politicians, you know, all that sort of stuff. If they want to get you done and removed, they make sure it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I just when I was like reading through this and looking at what's going on in the world today, I've just like nothing ever changes. It's cyclical. It comes around. You think we move on and we evolve as humans. But we we don't actually. Even if that does happen, there's still going to be somewhere on the corner, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. We don't learn lessons. We don't change. We just are a bit stupid. 
to be yeah. perfectly honest, you know? That's just what life is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is and human it's nature. it's run by a bunch of big, important cult people. Yeah. That are in the Illuminati. Yeah. And they're, like, controlling. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, they are hypnotised by the Illuminati. You reckon? A hundred They're the puppet masters. Yeah. yeah. And the then the people above them is the ones that are, like, running everything. Hmm. There, there is an element, I'm, I'm sure, of that. There is an element of that going on in the world. Uh, motivated by greed, which I'll never kind of understand. And we're getting into politics now. So, yeah. bestest way away from it. So I'll get right on my soapbox about it and start lecturing. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed and we'll catch up with you again soon. We will indeed. We will, well, I'll catch up with you on Saturday and then we'll be back on Monday for the main episode. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.